Awesome. Jordan and Zach, welcome. I'm super excited to talk to you guys. Uh, Jordan and I are just meeting for the first time, so I'm super excited about that. Zach and I met once before at a chamber meeting where, you know, Zach, you were talking about the business and just kept mentioning community and, and what you what that means to you and your family and, and the long history that you guys have. Uh, in the marketplace. And so uh, immediately after that, I was drawn to really wanting to understand what that is and, and, and just how you guys give back to the community in such a generous way. And, and so, um, so here we are. So thank you so much and welcome. Uh, I'm certainly happy to be on here and I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and like I said, Scott, uh, I enjoyed our conversation and I wanted to um, involve my sister in this, who is the president of our company. Um, I'm recently back into the business after a lot of years being away. Uh, you know, our, our father started this business, but we're actually the fourth generation in the grocery business in our family. Um, and That's I'm awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm coming from New York and then Boston before that. Jordan lived in Boston years ago as well. Um, doing all a bunch, you know, a bunch of different stuff from real estate to retail to, you know, whatever it is, whatever, uh, whatever it is. And, and I'm excited to be back in Connecticut and, mm. you know, contributing and, and drawing from my, uh, my experience. So, so you mentioned, you know, you kind of growing a fourth generation. Was this something that either of you thought you would be doing as you were growing up? No, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and thank you very much for, for having us. I, I really appreciate it. Wonderful to meet you. Um, no, I think, you know, we were sort of born into the business, um, fourth generation. So our, um, on our father's side. So our paternal great grandfathers um, had markets, uh, small markets uh, mm -hmm. in the Springfield area. Um, one was a meat wholesaler. So, you know, horse and buggy you know, peddling their wares, you know, around uh, Springfield, Mass. And that's, um, uh, that's fantastic. Do you guys still have some pictures from some of that? We do. In fact, our company is named Waverly Markets. Um, and it's after our great grandfather, Jack's Waverly Market um, on Waverly Street in Springfield. Oh, that's great. Doesn't no, that's exist excellent. Anymore, but, um, you know, it's right near Bay State Medical Center. And every yeah. time I go there, if I have to be in that area, you know, I drive by the site of, of where it was. So, um, so and I think it's important too that yeah. we say that we yes we own shop rights. Uh, I don't yeah. even think we covered that. Or we own shop rights <laughs> that through East Harvard and Vernon, um, yeah. but the company name is Waverly Markets, and that's where. Gotcha. And, and it, it'll be helpful for people to understand that uh, shop rights are not a like a um, like a big, big Y market. or a stop and shop where it's owned by right. one organization. They're kind of like franchised out. Is that is that so what? It's a, it's a Co-op, yeah, okay. Operative, so we belong to a co-op. Um, it's called Wakefront Food Corporation. They are basically the wholesale, um, you know, and distribution arm of our cooperative. But we're basically fifty families that um, that all own, you know, stores. We have three. Some people have thirty um, yeah. in in sort of the Northeast. So we, okay. uh, yeah. So it's um, it's very much a, a family owned and operated business. Um, very different than our competition. Mm -hmm. So you know we. We had great grandfathers in the business. Our grandfather um, worked for one of those families uh, that I spoke about um, mm -hmm. in, in Connecticut and Mass for years and was the president of their chain of 26 supermarkets. Um, and in addition to having his own 
market in um, West Springfield, common yeah. market. And then our father also grew up in the business and worked for that same uh, member of that cooperative um, until I was probably six years old and then get out of the business for 11 years. Um, oh, wow. Did okay. sales. He was in, um, you know, it was sort of the, the beginning of, you know, computers and technology and mm. he was writing software and, you know, just doing something completely different. And um, when I was getting ready to graduate high school, he, um, you know, there, there was there was a shop right that was sort of in the neighboring town that was for sale. And he started the process of becoming a member of this cooperative and, and buying back sort of the first store he opened as a district manager working for somebody else in 1975. So it was like coming home. Which is where we're sitting right this now. This is actually where we're sitting right yeah. now is in our- Oh, that's place. fantastic. That's, you know, and that's such a great kind of like story because I think that it allows you to kind of understand that it's like, okay, well, he grew up in the business, I'm sure as well. And then started to kind of experience and maybe want something different from himself, but then to say, okay, let's let let's go back and take all of this information that I've gained and all of the knowledge that I've gained and and then build something else. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's it's very interesting. Both sides of our family, so both of our parents come from people who live their lives serving others. So, you know, whether it's at work or in the home, that's sort of the way that it, it works. So, um, so, you know, when our father got back into the business, I sort of, you know, worked in a, in a summer capacity, you know, doing the books and learning everything I could. It was not my first job. Um, I worked for other people first, which I thought was very important coming into yeah. the business. And then I went to college and on summers I'd, I'd come home and, and work when I was home, but I was in a totally different track. I was, you know, studying psychology and, uh, and Italian. Oh, okay. I had, I lived in Italy my junior year of college. I had absolutely zero. Oh, that must have been a fun experience. Where did you, where were you in, in, in Italy? Yeah, I was in Padova, which is about 20 minutes uh, south of Venice. And uh, mm -hmm. it was, it was amazing. Let's just put yeah. it that way. It was a, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And uh, Venice that, is just so amazing with just you know, stepping off the train and then just like out onto this platform and steps and just water it's my favorite city in the world um and i i miss it often and it's not the same venice anymore unfortunately mm. oh um, really yeah i mean a lot of it's underwater and you yeah. know i i do hope to bring my children there one day um hopefully they'll figure this out by then but uh <laughs> yeah but you know i was i was I was studying other things. I was either going to teach Italian or be a psychologist. And I had zero intention of, of being in this business. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to Boston University and, and lived in Boston. I just figured I'd stay in Boston, loved Boston, never wanted to leave Boston. I was working. Right, like, I mean, when you're when you're in a big city like that, yeah. it's in, you know, whether it's Boston or New York. I went to school in Boston and had zero intention of leaving. Zero intention. Yeah, then you such you just figure out, like, I, I was working for a marketing company in Faneuil Hall. I was, like, living a really great life, graduating. <laughs> I was, like, and then I'm, like, you know what? I really want to go to grad school, and I just couldn't afford to do it and live in the city. So I moved home back to Connecticut, said to my parents, I'm going to apply to grad school, apply to some MBA programs, and yeah. um, shift gears a little bit, and I'll just, I'll work in the business while I'm at home living with you and saving and going to school, and I just never left. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was a great laboratory. I can tell you that for my MBA. 
um, but never anticipated still being here. Kind of I, being in there and, and yeah. yeah. And Jordan, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to, I was just gonna say, and, and you also had kind of this whole other path, right, as well, right? Like you were out doing a lot of different things and, and you just recently came back into the business? Oh, me? You're talking? I'm sorry, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> I said Jordan. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so exactly. So I mean, you know, we both and and the, the company that um, Jordan said she was working for and and Boston was a, uh, a company that I also worked for as well. Um, uh, family and family friends of ours who were up there and, and we had uh, the opportunity to work in, in an office in a professional setting there, which was really helpful during college. Um, and uh, I went to school there. I, you know, I studied philosophy and I played a lot of music in, in Boston and I had intentions of, um, you know, staying within, the, I worked in the fashion apparel industry and, and yeah. wanted to do kind of creative, uh, a path and a career within that, um, that area. And I ended up, um, meeting my now wife and who was from the Boston area, but lived in New York. And I, and then that brought me to New York and then you know, a, a lot of different things happened and I worked in a few different industries, mainly yeah. in, real estate in New York um, and commercial real estate. And then, you know, the last 18 months happened and uh, it made sense for us to come back to Connecticut. Uh, we just had a baby and- Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and, you know, we're just kind of looking around um, at the opportunity for, of coming back and she works remotely, my wife. and um it it became apparent that there was going to be you know a place for me in the business and for me it was really important to uh obviously to be excited about coming back into the family business because like jordan said it was like summers or um we we grew up in the stores and it was an amazing place to uh foster work ethic and learn um different aspects of the business and also like get your hands dirty you know i was eight years old getting carriages building exactly it. building kind of some of that understanding of work ethic but i'm sure you know and i'm sure a lot of people kind of go through this right like you want your own identity and you want your own individuality and not yep. necessarily be defined by what your parents have done like exactly you know but yeah. now it's it's probably very kind of therapeutic and feels amazing to kind of take something that they have started and then turn it into something that you can not only continue but expand upon, right? Like that's a really wonderful way of putting it. Um, yes. So we often in our in in my bio, for example, that I give to people if they need it, I always I say I'm continuing a legacy that spans four generations in the food business and. You know, that sounds <clears throat> um, very simplistic, but the reality is that's exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, we come from a very close-knit family, both both of our parents' families. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier, you know, we we have grown up serving others. So, you know, yeah. our, our both sides of our family are entertainers. So we, we had, like, in our home. So we were always sure. entertaining. Um, and... So we learned, Zach and I not only learned from a very young age, um, all of my brothers and I learned from a very young age to, you know, greet people at the door and take their coat and make them a drink and, you know, make sure that they had a plate of food. And 
I was, I've been cooking since I was four, you know, I was kind of welcome them. And it's not just, you know, it's not just like, Oh, come over or, you know, Oh yes, you're here. But like, you know, welcome into my space. Like Uh, this is, it's it's, uh, for us, it's, it's just how it is. It's it's how you live. And and I'm sure even from the, from the great, great, great parents, you know, kind of perspective, uh, you know, in a butcher shop and it's like, you know, yes, like you want to take care of the people that are coming into your store. So it was much, much more intimate than it is now, but you don't have to lose that intimate feel, right? Like if you want a specific cut of, you know, of meat, then, you know, let me get that for you. Yeah. We also, that's how we train our people, right? So we, as part of our training programs, you know, I'll say to somebody, you know, if they're learning about freshness and and quality and, you know, making sure that we take anything that's not perfect, you know, off of the stand, I'll say, you know, would you bring that home to your grandmother? You know, would you, would you feed that to somebody that you, that you love? Would you, you know, no, then if not, then no, we're not putting it out. Um, We'll find another use for it. Or if it needs to be discarded, it'll be discarded. Right. Um, or if, um, you know, if somebody's walking into your department today, make them feel welcome as if you're welcoming them into your home, you know, um, ask them if you can get them anything, you know, have they found everything on their list today? Is there anything else that you can help them with? So we take a lot of the lessons that we learned at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard now, <clears throat> excuse me, because we've, uh, we've, we've grown, right? We're three stores now. We started off as one and uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, wonderful benefits to growth. Um, and it, it's also, you, you're only one person, right? So you mm-hmm. can't really- and So there's some challenges too, yeah. Yeah, like there's just... absolutely. So we've built, you know, a, a wonderful team um, that we're so proud of uh, in all three of our stores that extends the same courtesies, not only to each other, but to our customers and to our greater community. And uh, and that's important, right? Like not only to each other, but then, so it's not just, but it's, it's just, it's okay. If you've got a, just an individual that cares about people, then they're going to care about their employees and, you know, the people shopping. And, and that's just as important. My favorite part of, of the day of the week is when I have, you know, a member of my team approach me or send me an email and say, Hey, George, I found that there's this new organization in the community and they're in need. They need whatever it is, right. They, whether it's, you know, food or it's, um, you know, recently somebody came to me and said, um, you know, there, there are these shelters that need pet food and we need, you know, and whatever it is, um, and they say, I really want to get behind this, right? I want to do a drive in the store or I want to donate my time or I want to put together, you know, um, you know, these bags of essential items that customers can purchase, then donate. Um, that's a, that's a wonderful, um, you know, extension of what we do to know that at any time in, in any of our stores that we have people that are empowered to make those decisions and to take care of our community. Which is pretty unique. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that's really goes through just, again, you know, such an amazing rich history of just giving back to others, because I'm a true believer that, you know, right, we all have something special inside of us, and we need to discover it, develop it, but then give that back to the world. So the more that we continue to help other people, the more we get in return. And it's even on a selfish side, like, you know, I get great satisfaction from helping somebody where it almost feels like, you know, geez, I'm getting more out of it than, than they are. 
Um, but then in return, I know that I'm going to get help when I need it. And that's, um, you know, it's a powerful thing for people to, 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 to feel, to, you know, obviously understand it, but then to feel it from you guys is amazing. So that's, uh, that's a great recruiter, Scott. What's that? He must've been a great recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, sometimes some of the positions went a little bit longer, but I was always intent on making sure that it was an amazing match for both people. That's you know, important. that was, uh, you know, because if the employee or the employer are, you know, kind of on that same page, um, then it really doesn't make a difference. And I had a really great experience of working for uh, Greenwich Hospital down in Greenwich, Connecticut. Um, and they win patient satisfaction survey scores, and they're in the 90th, 90th, 93rd percentile. And so when I was hiring a nurse, I wasn't just hiring you know, a nurse, I was hiring somebody that was going to be taking care of somebody's mom, you know, and so it, it's just all about perspective. If you set the tone from the very beginning, if this is what the expectation is, then you hire the right people who are drawn to that. And the ones who aren't, you know, they aren't, and that's okay. There's a place for everyone, you know, and there's a job for everyone. And there's, you know, we always believe in that. We have a very tough industry, especially right now. We have huge labor shortages and um, yeah, a lot of challenges getting people. And, and, but, you know, some of my favorite stories are people that it's their first job. And so they, they spend a couple of years with us and they learn how to communicate. They learn mm. how to connect. They learn how to serve. They learn all of these great life skills, you know? So, yeah. So I would imagine, obviously, these past few, you know, uh, times have been extremely trying, uh, working through COVID, helping your employees and the community through COVID. Um, but now, as an employer, you know, there is definitely a, um, uh, a thorn in everyone's side with trying to fill positions um and so it's uh, you know not an easy place to to be for you guys right now so how have you handled i would say even your own stress over you know the past two years year and a half well um i'll be very honest the you know the last couple of years have been very interesting we um and i'll start with you know 2019, we completed a major remodel of the store we're in, the ShopRite of Manchester. It's our flagship store, our vintage store, as we call it. Um, and that was a huge project. Um, and then I was expecting my fourth child mm. that fall. Um, and at the same time, doing the build out of our new store in Vernon. Um, and then our new store in Vernon opened March 8th of 2020. And then we descended within a week and a half into a pandemic. Yeah. And, and I had a five month old and three daughters at home. Um, and I like, unlike many others, I, I was not at home. I was not isolated. I was at work every day. And, um, well, yeah, I mean, you talk about, so there's been such a, um, you know, and I've talked to a lot of parents about obviously the the tough times of having children home and, you know, helping them through the whole educational process. But then, you know, you were home, but now here you are, you still have to go to work. Yeah, I couldn't and, be home. 
and my husband couldn't be home. So thankfully we had childcare um, that- And still going out in this middle of this pandemic yeah. is also another level of stress that is yeah. so difficult for everyone to have yeah. gone through. I think that there's no, listen, there's no easy way. Everybody felt a different level of stress for different reasons. Um, I personally can't imagine being isolated at home. I think it would have really driven me to an unhealthy place. I, yeah. I was still feeling a lot of stress on a daily basis, but also driven by a sense of responsibility for our staff and for yeah. our customers. So, you know, we very quickly put into place uh, safeguards for our staff and for our customers. And I feel very confident and comfortable that we remained a very safe place to work and shop. That being said, when you're dealing with um, society basically crumbling, right? And not knowing what to do in this situation, um, mm -hmm. there's like this, this madness that sort of de descends upon everyone. And, and anything that was sort of in the works that isn't an emergency gets put to the side and your priorities shift. And uh, I mean, it was a, um, a crisis on so many levels. Um, oh, yeah. And... And while on one hand, of course, I was so grateful to be that our stores could be open and, and that we could be operating when a lot of my, you know, my, my colleagues in the community were having to pause or shut down their businesses. Um, mm -hmm. I felt mm -hmm. a sense of, of, of gratitude. Um, but I think that we all had our own moments of, of frustration. I didn't have fear. I had, I had frustration. I had how is it that we're in, I, I said this, I can't, I was like a broken record in 2020. I'm like, how are we in 2020? And this is happening. Like, how is this, how is it possible? Come on, science. Like, let's go, let's go. Um, but I love that when you're kind of driven with a purpose, like, you know, you guys have about helping others and, and doing all of that, you're able to kind of push through and handle different things. I was just having a conversation about stress, right? Like, we're able to handle the stress that we have until we till we handle the stress that we don't know that we can handle. And, and that means that it's just, it's like, okay, the more that we put ourselves into stressful situations, then we know that we can handle that situation. And so, you know, being able to, you know, be this mom of three, then four, of opening, of remodeling stores and, and doing this, it, it continues to allow you to understand that you know, you've been through a lot and you continue to be able to, to manage the situations. But I only mentioned the self-care thing because, you know, a lot of people lost themselves and, you know, you kind of are so busy taking care of other people, um, which is how all of this started. I, I was, I, I took care of my mother for six years who had Alzheimer's and um, at the end of that, I just realized that while I gave her a hundred percent, I wasn't a hundred percent. And so the more that you take care of somebody, you know, she wasn't getting 100% just because I wasn't there. So the more that you take care of yourself, you're then able to then, you know, uh, pass that along to others. And some of that is just being driven by the fact of like, yeah, I want to be able to help. And so how do I do that? Yeah, I think um, I'll be really honest with you. Last year, so I turned 40 in May and we were May. Like, we were in the, the heat, like the the really the height of the pandemic, right? And I spent the day with my, a wonderful uh, team of my staff 
at food share at Rensselaer Field, just feeding people, like just filling their cars. I yeah. said, I want this. I also was like, obviously I wasn't really looking forward to turning 40. So I was like, I don't want this day to be about me at all. And so I found that, and this is not, I'm just being honest. Like sometimes yeah. when you're in your head too much, you just have to perform an act of service. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that I'm sitting here complaining about something as ridiculous as turning 40, which I should be grateful that I've had another year, right? And I, I'm just, I don't want this to be, a, nothing should be about me. It's about the fact that there are people, the pandemic didn't stop hunger. Yeah. It didn't, and in fact, it plunged people into mm -hmm. economic despair like my generation has never seen. And so, you know, we were in a position to help, like we continued to, yeah. donate food which we do anyways but you know getting out there and doing something and sort of getting out of your head to me that's a form of self-care because mm -hmm. and and I think that we spend time um and I think again everybody had their own um way of dealing with COVID and its disastrous effects um but for me it was just about continuing to push through connecting with people um yeah. And my children and my family, my husband and my family. I mean, I, my, my children got me through the pandemic. And, mm -hmm. you know, they were fortunate that they, in September, they were able to start school full time again. Um, so I think that was great for them. But coming yeah. home every day in the middle of a pandemic and seeing these resilient, beautiful faces looking up at me and, you know, they, they learned how to bake on their mm -hmm. own. And like, I'd be, <laughs> that's like, so fun. There'd be like a banana bread waiting for me, and I and I at at one point, bad. no, I mean it was delicious, no. but at one point I was like, stop, please stop. Yeah, me. please stop making things so that it's yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, but I love I love the fact of you know you just kind of mentioned you know kind of giving back because I think that, like you said, we all get lost in this space sometimes, and it it helps you put things into perspective. And perspective is really all that we need to kind of change, you know, how we're feeling when you know we're like, oh, I don't have this or I don't have that, and then you see somebody who does not have something that you take for granted um, helps you get a lot of perspective in life, and so that. As, as your north star kind of i, I mean yeah. I, we kind of center you yeah and then it gives you that sense of gratitude that like hey i'm just grateful that i have this and maybe i don't have to worry about that so it sets a it sets a level of gratitude that i think helps just you know people maybe like okay it's not about like you said it's not about me right now it's 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 about what i can do for other people two things about so first of all, nobody understands how she does any of this. Four kids, the the president of the company, that you know, it's freak of nature territory, and she will never speak about herself the way that we all want to celebrate her. So we're yeah. all like insanely proud of everything that she does. That's awesome. Second piece is when she talked about what she was doing um, at Rensselaer Field on her birthday. I think one of the biggest things that struck me about that, and 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 um, look, at this point, I'm still, and we're still in New York, and kind of. You know, also being, you know, my wife and I lived in Queens, you know, one of the hardest hit counties in the country. And it was like really difficult um, yeah. to be there. And then we kind of escaped to Connecticut for a little while and, and we're kind of going through our home um, 
yeah and figuring out what we you know trying to gain some perspective on what we really wanted and what, what direction we were going to head in um i think i told you scott initially like both of us were working with clients in the events world and the events world was overnight gone um, and my wife works thankfully with a lot of nonprofits and they had to switch to virtual stuff. But um, what really struck me about that uh, and everybody being hit by this was you were at Wrenchler Field doing this food share thing and there are people pulling up in like Audis and BMWs and Mercedes for like popping their trunk because they lost their job. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, it's not the typical people that you're seeing drive through this type of thing so it's it was that was like jarring for me to hear that it's like people showing up in their you know you know sixty thousand dollar cars like popping their trunks they're like we're hungry we need food yeah. so I think one, of the most amazing, one of the most amazing things about about service right and that is in whatever whatever territory you're in right so whether it's fighting hunger um whether it's you know, mental health, addiction, um, you know, uh, you know, physical illness, cancer, anything you think like, you know, you take all the judgment out of it, right? Like, oh, well that I didn't, I didn't think that person was going to need this or whatever. We are all in need. And if mm -hmm. one of us is in need to me, we all have to stop what we're doing and figure out how to take care of people. So yeah, that day for my staff and I, we saw people entering that line that we didn't expect. And I'll never forget the leadership at FoodShare saying to us, you know, don't look at their cars, don't look at anything. Like this is this is what's happening right now. They they're losing, they're losing everything. They've lost their job, they might lose their home. This is what's happening. And you know, some people, I, 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 I think naturally just, I, I don't really judge what's in front of me. If you're hungry, you're hungry. Like if you need food, like that's, but yeah. there are people that need to be told that and people who needed to understand that, you know, people's lives changed overnight and you, you could not judge the situation they're in, how they felt about it, what their fears were. Um, and it was such an amazing lesson as we now, I think, are, are coming through COVID um, and, and, and sort of coming out into a different reality now. Mm -hmm. You can't ever unsee what you've seen, right? And it's like, if there's any issue in the community, COVID or not, because I'd be happy to just put COVID to bed and like never talk about it again. Yeah. Um, but if anything that you see that's not right. Like you can't unsee that and you can't. Yeah. And it's just, hard. it's help and support. And, you know, the more that we do that and the less that we tear each other, you know, and break each other apart, then, you know, we all get what we can, but we all have to focus on, you know, what's meant for us and stop worrying about what's meant for somebody else. And, uh, um, you know, the more that you just follow what you want and where you want to go, just the happier we are. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Well, I think that that's an amazing place to kind of, you know, uh, kind of segue and, and, and kind of wrap that up because I think that, you know, you guys are 
tremendous. I, I feel like I could sit and talk for a long time. So I don't, you know, again, I don't want this to, to all of a sudden go on to like an hour and a half because uh, I'm immediately drawn to what you guys are doing. Um, even more so um, than when I heard it from, you know, the, the 30 seconds that I got uh, before. So thank you for all that you do. That's not enough for all that, you know, that you did through uh, COVID and what you will continue to do in the future. It's, it's admirable and, um, you know, keep doing it because there's a lot of people watching and people watch actions more than they really understand. And so thank you for, for all of that. Thank you, Scott. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. And um, again, uh, you know, for us, it's it's about giving with both hands. And and we are now in a position where uh, we have more resources to to feed our communities in yeah. in way of you know our delivery services and our pickup services. And we um, you know we accept uh, SNAP, EBT, and EWIC funds and all that stuff. You can use those dollars. Um, as a participant of those services in our stores. So I, again, those are a lot of things that people don't necessarily know. Um, and like Jordan said, with our Vernon store, you know, without, you know, bar, without a pandemic, we would have been having these big celebrations yeah. and having chefs out on the floor and cooking and everything, but all that stuff is still to come. Um, and we're, we're excited to chat with you and hopefully chat in the future. Uh, yeah, it'd be great to have you guys back on. Yeah. And uh, again, I love your stories. So the more that we can share, the better off everyone will be. So thank you. Thank you great. so much. Thanks, Scott. Awesome. So this was